Welcome to Star Wars Extra, Fan Edition. Star Wars then, Star Wars now, Star Wars forever. I'm your host, Mike Mann. For many Star Wars fans, action figures have been as important in their Star Wars universe as the films. While Kenner made these figures in the United States, Palatoy brought these countless memories to the UK. A while back, I had the wonderful opportunity to speak with David Whiteley and Rick Matthews, who are working on a project called Toy Empire, the British force behind Star Wars toys, which examines their part in creating Star Wars toys in the 1970s and 80s. David and I also discussed another of his documentaries, The Galaxy Britain Built, the British talent behind Star Wars which gives an in-depth study into the contributions provided by the many talented and skilled British folk who were instrumental in the creation of the great space opera. David and Rick are both amazing and brilliant fellows. I hope you find as much enjoyment in this interview as I did in recording it. Enjoy. Today's guest is celebrated throughout the Star Wars fandom. He's an investigative reporter for the BBC in England. He's a filmmaker, documentarian, and massive Star Wars fan. When this guy was born, the galaxy of stars aligned throughout the universe. The force is so strong with him, it graced him with the ultimate Star Wars birthday, May the 4th, 1977. He's the creator and host of the documentary, The Galaxy Britain Built. He's got a new documentary coming out called Toy Empire, the British force behind Star Wars toys. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome David Whiteley. Hey, Mike, how are you? Thanks oh, for having me on. Oh, no problem. And what a what a build up! I feel like I feel like I, I I've got a lot to live up to after that introduction. <laughs> um, and also, we have my good friend and BBC researcher and part of the Toy Empire project, Rick Matthews. Yay! Hello, Mike. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Dave, how'd you come up with the, the idea for your first documentary, The Galaxy Britain well, the, Built? The first one, uh, yeah. Galaxy Britain Built, was um, was kind of born out of always being a Star Wars fan, like, like we all are. And, um, you know, as you say, I, I was born on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, 1977. Uh, it was kind of written in the stars, the, the moons and, the, and, and the, the planets and stars aligned. And I was, I was born on that day. So I've never known a world without Star Wars. Um, so growing up, it was, it was everything, you know, the, the movies, the toys. Um, and as I, I, I got into the BBC and I, you know, I'm a filmmaker and I present a, a documentary program uh, and I produce films. And I and about four years ago, just after the, the release of The Force Awakens, it kind of reawakened my love of Star Wars, if you like. And, and I, I think I saw it at the, at the cinema nine times. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and in fact, a lot of the time on my own. <laughs> so I, I went to see I went to see The Force Awakens a lot and, and it kind of. I think for a lot of people, really, and, and it kind of reignited that nostalgia, that love of Star Wars. And I'd been, I'd been filming in London, and I was heading home. I, I live in the east of England, and I was heading home, and I, I happened to look on Twitter, and, and Mark Hamill was doing a, a talk at the, the, the Cambridge Student Union. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to kind of look at the British side of, of what Star Wars, or, or how Star Wars was made? And because, um, you know, obviously, you know, these guys were, were here in the 70s, you know, it was Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford all filming at Elstree. Um, but it hadn't really dawned on me just how much a part the British played in Star Wars. Of course, it's an, an American concept. George Lucas is American, Gary Kurtz. Uh, you know, they wrote it in obviously ILM, the special effects done in America. Um, but th th they, they kind of, almost by chance, ended up filming it in Britain with British talent uh, behind the camera. So, so I kind of 
started on this path of, of doing it. When it took about two years to, to put that together, and that ended up being a 60-minute film that went out on Christmas 2017. Um, the fans are very kind. The critics loved it. Um, and then um, for this Christmas, we've redone the film. We've made it a 90-minute feature. Um, so turned it into a, a, an hour and a half film with new interviews. Um, we went back and looked at the contribution of the London Symphony Orchestra uh, under John Williams. Uh, we spoke to Anne Skinner, who was the continuity person on the on the on the picture, and of course she was there for every single every single take of the of the entire movie. So she was there making notes and taking Polaroid uh, uh, pictures for continuity. And uh, the British Film Institute gave us access to their archives, um, and we ended up filming the, the Polaroids. And some of this stuff's been hidden away, Mike, for like nice. 40 years plus, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and Anne even helped Sir Alec Guinness, you know, rewrite one of the most famous speeches of all time when, you know, he's, he's explaining to Luke in the homestead on Tatooine what the force is. Um, so they ended up rewriting it so Alec Guinness could get it in his head. Oh. Uh, and we see that on the script. So we see her, you know, her handwritten notes in pencil, how she turned this script into something, you know, very different, well, not very different, but, but different. So Alec Guinness could get it into his head and kind of had some concept of how it should be delivered. Um, so we, we've reworked, we've we put extra stories in, stuff we couldn't put in before, like um, uh, Roger Christian, the set decorator, he made the lightsaber, but of course, he also made the weapons, Stormtroopers, Blasters, Han Solo's, Princess Leia's, Chewbacca's crossbow, all that kind of stuff. So there's loads more stuff in it. So we made this feature-length film uh, that's going out next week. Awesome, awesome, looking forward to it. David, this is Stephen here. Um, so, with creating, with your effort behind creating the the uh, the Galaxy Britain built, and being such a a true Star Wars fan that you are, what was it like, you know, talking and meeting some of these people that were that were vital and and just creating this this world and this movie that so many of us love and live by? Basically, built your childhood. Yeah, uh, and, and that is it, isn't it? I'm for all of us. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, something so special. And how, then, how hard was it to step with, away as the, yeah, as the as the presenter, you know, the person doing this documentary, and not just stand there as a fan and go, "Oh my God, you know, this is you know." How many well, times did the fan uh, the fan come out in you during these things? If you if you watch the when you see the film, Steve, and, and it's very prevalent, I think, in the in the new version, which totally feels like a totally new film because we were we were able to go back a, a bit like George Lucas did and, and work on things more. You can see in my face that I'm just holding it back, and I'm beaming from ear to ear because oh, it's just yeah. Your your yeah. your reaction when you were talking to the gentleman that made the oh, lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Roger, you could yeah. see your face look like it hurt. You were smiling so big. Oh, and yeah. then you got it to was... hold it. I was I was blown away. <laughs> yeah, it so... was. I was itching to hold it, and I tried to. <laughs> I think on camera, I tried to maintain a level of professionalism, <laughs> but inside, like, oh, it's the lightsaber. It's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. So it was, it was, it was very exciting, and of course, you, you, these guys are just like you and I. They're just you know regular guys, but they're very talented, and and very modest, very humble. Um, and but no, I felt that I don't really think anyone had really sat them down before for long interviews. And they said this to me afterwards. No one had actually ever spent the time speaking to them at length on camera. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. I mean, thank I, you. Me, I love behind the scenes stuff. I love seeing how things are made. And to see, you know, yeah, I know it's more than just Americans, but to see like the talent over there that helped build 
my childhood was was absolutely amazing and i loved i loved the film i i loved Thank watching you. it it was such a fun watch it, it was it was it was i was yeah i actually sat there and um at my computer watched it um and actually had to rewind a few times on it to <laughs> to go back through and i was just captivated by uh you were sitting there with with uh, one gentleman uh, going through a book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I was just you know you know he had this stuff put away for thirty plus years, and pulls you know oh has this been put away on a shelf for this many years and it's you know how many people would just die to have something like that or actually look at it or you know <laughs> that was that was to be fair Steve that was quite a moment when we and, and sadly John Mollo the costume designer who you're referring to is no longer with us and in fact. He passed away just before the film went out. Um, So the the new version of the film is actually dedicated to John Mollo and Gary Kurtz, who's obviously no longer with us as well. Nice. Yeah, and and they were such such gentle people as well and so generous with their time and what they could do for us. So modest. Yeah. Um, Gary and and John, and in fact, everyone we spoke to. But when when, when, when John Mollo got those those sketchbooks out, you know, the, the, the early costume designs for, for Star Wars, obviously all based on the fabulous concept art of, of Ralph McQuarrie. Yes. And then John was tasked with doing very military style stuff. He, he worked on Dr. Zhivago as a military uh, advisor. He was a military historian. And then he moved into costume design. <laughs> and we're there to go through these books and thinking, this is insane. <laughs> this is this is crazy. We're going through stuff here. And some of that, he started working on some of that stuff in the mid seventies. And just think how old it is. And it had been sat there on a shelf. Yes. I will tell you something funny that happened that, that when John wasn't looking, one of his cats came in and, and, and unbeknown to John started clawing at the paper. We were like, Oh, oh, get it off. Get it off. Did you make a pair of mittens? No, well there was, there was, (laughs) yes, exactly. We should have done. There was a, there was there was a, a scratch mark in the in the book, but uh, but oh my word! I mean to see to see that work and and how and also the evolution of the costume designs. Yeah. So not just going straight in on you know that's Chewbacca or that. Yeah, I remember Darth the uh, Vader. I remember the early concept drawing of Chewbacca. How how just how it looked and mm. where, he, where it went to and yeah, he was kind of weird looking. Very very yeah. 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 So you mentioned that with this whole. Um, uh, the re the re edit that we've done you've added in how much more so the original was sixty minutes um, how how much more how much longer is this new extended version that we're coming out in it's it's ninety minutes so it's yeah it's 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 pretty it's it I have to say when I I had to I had to pull all the edit script together and it was a beast <laughs> I've never I've never made a film that's you know it's a feature film you know eighty minutes is a feature film so it's ninety minutes long and uh, it just took so much work to kind of go back and forth and make sure it all flowed because in my naivety, I think, I thought, oh, we're just adding another half an hour. And, and Matt, who I made the original film with, him and I thought, oh, it's fine. But basically, you have to literally pull the whole thing apart yeah, and, and um, start again and look at the, the narrative and the story arc it sounds of like the you, documentary. It sounds like you basically had to re-edit the entire film. Well, we, we did. Wow. We, did re- we re-edited the whole film, but... The, you know, so I say, stepping back and looking at it now, yeah. it feels like the product we wanted to make two years ago. So, out of out of all the stuff you had to to sift through to extend the film, was there anything in there that you couldn't put in that you really wanted to? 
Um, I would say now, no. Um, I still there are still lovely stories that, as as film fans, Star Wars fans, you would want to hear. Yeah. But I think as a piece of television, as a document uh, documentary, I think that we've got all the best stuff in we can because we've also got some wonderful archive that we discovered that the BBC had tucked away of John Williams conducting the, the London Symphony Orchestra for the Empire Strikes Back and and uh, and all this stuff. And I found a wonderful interview with Sir Alec Guinness on on a, on a show called the Michael Parkinson Show in 1977, talking about the clunky dialogue on Star Wars, but how he was enthralled by it. And he was he, he had to keep turning the page. And he even though he, he says it's a wonderful quote, he said, uh, oh, I realized it was science fiction. I thought crumbs, this isn't for me. But I had to keep turning the page. And he was very impressed. He knew he, he knew of George Lucas. Yeah. And and he he, he thought it was a, a, page, a page turner. And that's what got him you know, on board. And, and all these little little bits of archive we found that have added to the to the whole mix of the documentary, I think have enhanced it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when Sir Alec Guinness was originally approached about this, he was not a fan, uh, because the whole idea of the sci-fi, he just, it was almost beneath him at the time. I mean, it was his initial thought when uh, he was approached for the movie, wasn't he? Well, I can, I can quote what he says on this talk show back in 77. He says, he said, oh, I, I realized it was science fiction. I actually thought, crumbs, this is not for me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that was not, you know, he's, you know, he was a classically trained actor. You know, fabulous actor. Uh, but uh, he was an Academy the, Award winning actor already, and, and he was yeah. knighted. You know, very oh, he was early on, knighted on in his by career. that time. Oh yeah, I didn't oh, yeah. know that. I think it was the, I think it was the late fifties. He was knighted. Wow. Um, yeah, very early on. So, between these two documentaries that you've done, and, and with the new one coming out here, um, who was the who was the most memorable person you got to meet or interview? Being the Star Wars fan that you are. If you had to pick one person that you could sit down or you could go back to and, and, and just sit down, have a cup of tea or a beer with, or that just is ingrained in your mind now for the rest of your life that you'll say, you know what? I, I, I got to meet this person. I got to inter- talk to him and it's, it's, it's had an impact on you. I, I I'm going to, I'm going to give you a diplomatic answer. <laughs> That's all right. But I, I tell you what, I, I loved meeting them all, and everybody had wonderful stories. It's Mike Mann, but, right? Yeah, that's it. That, exactly, exactly. It's good, Mike. good. Um, uh, I, for me, you know, I've, I've, I've met, you know, I've kept in touch with a lot of the people we, we film, um, you know, through email and, and various bits and bobs, and they've all been, they've all almost become friends, some of them. In fact, some of them have become friends. Yeah. And, and there, are, there are two who I stay in touch with very much so. In fact, it's not two it's three or four actually it's it's you know roger christian i speak to a lot through whatsapp and, and he lives in canada so we catch up you know on, on email etc um and then uh les dilly through his wife we chat quite a bit the art director but i i do spend a lot of time seeing robert watts he's he's become a a very good friend actually over the last few years and also colin gowdy the the guy that edited rogue one he's just one of the nicest people you could ever meet but you know they all were gareth edwards they were all just fabulous to me and and i feel so well it's it's i i think even now i mean i'm sitting in my office at home and i've got a i've got a you know a framed picture with our poster saying the galaxy britain built and all the pictures of the guys around it with on the shoot and i've got two tweets from mark hamill about the galaxy britain built you know and it's and you know that to me is i think yeah i i i did that (laughs) 
I can. I don't have anything left to prove. I've done it. Was there anybody you wanted to get into the documentary that you couldn't get in? George Lucas. Oh, that's exactly. You know, we, <laughs> that was a quick yeah, we, answer. We um, we asked him via a couple of people, and we had a very respectful um, decline and busy guy. Fair enough. Um, but it, it just wasn't to be. But I, I'd love to have got his perspective on on working with with the British guys. I mean, there's been a lot in the documented about certain people falling out with George, which I, I, I'm not going to go into. But I know that there were there were lots of people who who surrounded him who became good friends. Um, you know, like Roger, like Norman Reynolds, um, like Les Dilly, all these guys that and Robert Watts. You know, Robert went on to work with George on all the Indiana Jones films, well, the first three, and he ended up being the producer on two of them because they just had, they just had a rapport. You know, they just got on so well. So I, I'd have loved to have got George's take on things. So to build on yeah. my, uh, my, my, my previous question where I asked you, you know, um, the person you, somebody you met that's most memorable, what was, um, if you could pick one item that you've seen in, all, in, in both documentaries that you just totally went... You know, you walked away just going, oh, my gosh, I just I just saw this or I got to you handle it or whatever it may be. No, I, oh, it has to be the lightsaber, doesn't it? I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you just, you know, it, yeah, it, it's very special to see, you know, contracts with Lucasfilm on and, and wonderful concept art and, and costume designs and all that kind of stuff. But but to actually hold one of the lightsabers that was that was used on screen or would have been made at the time. And the story uh, behind how they they came across, you know, oh, yeah. how they he just went to the camera shop and and, and went through the ban- the bin and found those and um, I got chills. Yeah, and yeah. Now now if you go out and you look up those um, those those flash those, those things are just astronomical as far as buying them. Oh yeah, they're just they're so expensive for for the for the need. So yeah, I mean, totally. It's a bit like it's a bit like the. Uh, the Star Lord Guardians of the Galaxy effect on 1970s, 1980s retro Walkmans. I mean, I tried, my kids wanted a Walkman after seeing the, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh-huh. <laughs> through the roof. Thanks, thanks to that show. So it's, it's kind of, you know, obviously that happened with Star Wars with, with Graflex handles. So we have the, we have the new documentary coming out here. When is it, when is it coming out? The, uh, the, uh, it's it, 16th. And Rick, you were, you were pretty instrumental in, in the, in the, development and creation of uh this documentary with with david um can you can you elaborate on that yeah well, i um i wouldn't say i was instrumental i i, I um would. i i came up with with the initial idea that i wanted to do something so um you know my history is that, that obviously i i kind of was with channel star wars uh, you know a while ago now uh, and I wanted to do something. I wanted to kind of evolve my career, and so you do that. So you you become a little bit entrepreneurial, and you, you try and you know kind of come up with ideas and concepts. And, and David will tell you how difficult it is to try and you know claw projects through through you know whatever system or media you, you need to. Um, and so as part of that, and, and obviously I knew David quite well. He's very very good friend, you know, uh, best man at my wedding, and. Um, uh, we're bouncing ideas around, and, and it, it became quite obvious that the best thing to do was to try and you know go through the BBC. And obviously, if you do something through the BBC, it's got to have a British or an English angle. Um, and so, 
I wanted to do something around toys and, and you know, kind of wasn't there. And it was actually Mike who said to me, you should do it about Paladin toys. Um, uh, and so then I, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, yeah. So I pushed and pushed and pushed. And I don't think Davey was convinced at first. <laughs> um, so I pushed for about a year. Uh, and um, and then, you know, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And there were other outlets. Are, you know, I'm preparing the pitch. And I I, I think I wrote sort of most of the script for, for kind of, you know, for roughly how it was going to be. And I kind of, you know, researched pretty much everybody that, that was on the internet that, that had worked at Palatoy. And all of a sudden the BBC said, you know, yeah, we'll take it. And then to be honest, because, you know, look, I'm an amateur at this. This isn't, you know, I haven't done this like this before. Um, so, so it was a case of, you know, kind of David's been gracious enough to kind of show me how you put, you know, a documentary together and what you do and how you do it and how you put the interviews together, etc. And, you know, to be honest, the, the guy's an expert at what he does. He's done it for a long time. Uh, you know, he's an award-winning documentary maker, producer, um, as well as being um, uh, a presenter as well. Um, and that's the reality. You know, Galaxy, it's won awards. Um, you know, it really is kind of up there. It, you know, and, and if you watch it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, it, it is a love letter start to Star Wars, but it's probably one of the best put together, um, and, uh, you know, Star Wars documentaries you'll ever see. You know, and that, you look at Empire of Dreams and all those kind of docs that, that were made, you know, right the way through, through the 80s and, and, and you know, right the way through. Um, it's it's kind of brilliant in the, the way it's there, um, and so so you know to say I was instrumental, I came up with the idea. Um, but to be honest, it's 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 all been kind of David, and then obviously there's there's um, Matt and who David will, will tell you about. There's Matt the director and, and, and Matt the cameraman, um, and do you know. <laughs> You know, you've got Matt Parker, who's um, uh, he's, he's a producer as well, isn't he, David? I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a yeah. he's a cameraman. But I, I will just say, I mean, I'm I'm very flattered by what you're saying, Rick, but but actually, you know, you you were you were and are very integral to this production. So, you know, w without you pushing for it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. And and you know, there, there was I'll, I'll be honest, and I'll be honest with everyone now is that I was slightly skeptical. I was like, oh, is it going to work? It's basically the toy galaxy that Britain built. Yeah, yeah, basically. It was a spin-off from that really. And and I and, and, and Rick really knows his stuff and and you know as a as a media producer as well. Um so to have Rick on board as part of the production team and integral to the production unit and helping us steer things with 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 his consultancy and the research he did. It it was it was vital. Without that, we wouldn't have the film we've got. Thank you. So the the premise behind this this new documentary is is Pelotoy, a, a British company that was creating um, some of the original uh, toys from uh, Star Wars, correct? If I'm along, because I know that there was, I, I, um, I actually have a friend of mine who has collected and had them graded and some of the original and sold some of the original um, uh, action figures and stuff like that. And I know that there were some made in Mexico and there was some made in the United States. And I do know that there was some made over in uh, England. That's where, that's where I originally heard of Pelotoy was through him. And then uh, as you know, working with Mike here with channel star Wars, he's told me, he told me about the documentary and I was like, it just, it just kind of funny how it all just kind of came around at the same time when I heard about it. And, you know, and I was initially learning about the collecting of, of toys. So that was, yeah, how, 
Pelotoy was just some of the stuff that they, and it's truly hard to find uh, for the collector um, to find the Pelotoy uh, toys nowadays. I know that they're they're harder to find than, than the average. I I think that that's that's why they are they are so sought after because of course with Kenner you had a vast market you had the entire United States I mean United States is a vast country compared to Great Britain you know you've got a much smaller kind of market so so Palatoy by the very definition of geography you've got a, a smaller market so so few of them were made. Um, and I think well, collectors now refer to it as a Palatoy tax. You know, if you want if you want a Palatoy Star Wars toy, you're going to pay more for it. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, there there are the um, the carded figures that have the the three Palatoy name you know name across it and everything. Um, yeah, I, I've I've done my research on the Palatoy <laughs> toys for collectibles, and they're a little out of my pay grade. So uh, you know, the wife won't let me do a Pelotoy, but they're I've crazy. To... I mean, they they go for big money. Big I money, and will vouch for this. We we were the the last part of the, the shoot we did was in an auction, um, just north of London, um, and they did their very first vintage toy auction, and and a cardboard Death Star, which was unique compared to the plastic Death Star that Kenner made. I had the plastic one. Yeah, up. but the, the cardboard one, I mean, you imagine it's cardboard, and you think, okay, it went for £1,400. Wow. So, <laughs> so and, and they go for lots of money because they were yeah. cardboard, uh, and, and obviously, yeah, the plastic ones, the ones that are made in, in, by Kenner, are more likely to have survived being played with and, and over the last 40 years survived more. The cardboard ones, they didn't survive. And the reason they made it in cardboard was to save money. It, it, what's interesting, and, and, and I, know, I know Rick will vouch for this as well, doing the interviews with the guys from Palatoy, there was, a par- there was a very much a parallel story to the story of George Lucas trying to get Star Wars off the ground. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, they, 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 they tell a similar tale. Um, mm. You know, in the, the, there's a very similar, very British viewpoint in kind of, you know how how they look at, at this this new thing that's going to come out and, and this this you know it was a very different time uh, and so you know sci-fi wasn't a big thing back then like it is now and you know and it wasn't cool to be a geek you know <laughs> it wasn't cool to to kind of you know to like these sort of things and so it you know it it really it changed you know it did change the world but it really really changed culture for for, for people that, that you wouldn't have thought it would have changed. Uh, and, the, you know, the, the doc, I think, tells a story, just a, a very, gives you a, a, a glimpse of just how these people's viewpoints changed as well. That's amazing. Did you guys get to see the, the original factory? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, it's not that exciting now. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a conference center now, which is a very nice conference yeah. center. Oh. <laughs> but but um, you're in a room that, that was what, I think, Rick, wasn't that room the sales room we filmed all the interviews in? Yeah, that was the sales room. That yeah. was, um, uh, the, there's, um, the, there's a, a baby factory, uh, right. which, was, which was where the design team were. Um, there's also um, a, a, a printing or a, it's not a station, it's like a, um, a retail point of sale um, factory. Um, that you know, they, they, they actually make some quite cool stuff if you go in there. I'm sorry, you, you said a baby factory? 
No, it's, it's, yeah, it's... Um, they make babies. Then. Ba- <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, well, they, they do, actually. They're clones. But we, we, we have to cut that bit out because we're not allowed to say it. Um, no, it's... Um, it, they, they they make babies' clothes, don't they, David? I, yeah, I, that's I think, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I, I was on just... the outside shoot, so I didn't go in on the yeah, inside yeah. bit. Well, to be, that never made the cut in the end, to be fair. <laughs> that didn't go in. Um, but, but, you know, it, what's lovely is that is that there, there is still a, a pride there. And I, I think that... Do you remember, Rick, we actually had the cake made? The, the original I do remember the cake, Star Wars yes. cake and the cake-cutting sequence that seemed to go on forever, um, which has ended up... We shoved this at the end of the film. We got a, like a mini-reunion, if you like. But the great thing about these guys is that Palotoy pretty much... Well, it, it ended in 1985. Uh, its parent company sold it off. And a lot of the people were laid off. But a lot of them have stayed in touch. And they all wax lyrical about their wonderful time of being at Palatoy. And it didn't just make Star Wars toys for the, for the UK market. They made Action Man. They made a doll that cried called Tiny Tears. You know, Palatoy were, were very successful, a very successful company. Um, and the, and the, the managing director will, will, told us a great story. And, and Rick was there. Our eyes all sort of widened as he told us this story. He said he, he was also looking after another company within the group. And Bernie Loomis from Kenner uh, said, to, said to Bob Simpson, the managing director of Palatoy, look, I really want you to do Star Wars. And he said, that's great. I've seen the film. I think it's fantastic. But actually, I'm going to offer it to another company in the group. So he went to this other company in the group and they wanted to they said, oh, no, we can't possibly take that. We're doing a TV series on something called Man from Atlantis. And, and Bob Simpson said, are you sure? You sure you don't want Star Wars? No, no, no. No, we've got 12 TV shows on the back of this. So he went back to Bernie Loomis and said, and Bernie said, well, you've given them the option. They're fools. But if you do the job you do with Action Man, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> so, and they were. So I, I'm assuming they, uh, there was people who are, there was, there was actually original Pelotoy toys within the documentary that you guys are showing, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, we... Who, who brought these in? Were they collectors? Were they... Former employees, were, who who brought these uh, some of these toys in, and, and what ones did you guys get to see? Well, it, there were these amazing guys who are very much connected to the local community just through being Star Wars fans, basically. And there was a guy called Andy Andy Lamb and a guy called David Gillis, and they they were just big Star Wars fans, and they brought their collection along to be the backdrop for the interviews. So you had the Death Star, you had the land of the Jawas, you had a droid factory, you had the Millennium Falcon, you had the snow speeder, the land speeder, X-Wing fighter, TIE fighter, all there, you know, all the figures. So we, we were, it was a bit like being in a toy shop. So Rick, you being the, the Star Wars fan that you, that you are, what, um, what toy did, did you get to see? Um, you know, you just, you, you, you became a big fanboy when once you saw it. I, I think the, the, the best thing uh, about it was looking at the prototypes. Um, and, and believe it or not, I think um, as an engineer, I, it was looking at the drawings. So they, 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 they drafted a series of, of drawings and sketches, you know, the same way you would build a building, um, uh, but for um, to fabricate the moulds and the, 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 the various bits and pieces that are required to actually put these toys together. And that, that for me, was probably one of the most in-depth things. And one of the things that, that, that really came across to me was you could scale them. So, for example, <laughs> where, they, where they put vehicles together, um, you, you could scale that vehicle. 
and that that's kind of in my head i was just yeah well i i would do this uh, and um yeah so so my mind started to run away with itself a little bit there we were gonna wrap it up but before we did we uh like to do this little thing we call the trench run for you david rick knows about gone. this rick knows yeah. about this but uh david we're gonna take you through the trench run okay so, go on we're just gonna fire questions at so, you. So and you just Oh god, okay. So it, it's you know, put your uh put your nav computer away and just uh use the force, all right? Pick up your visual scanning. Exactly. On it. So uh question number one, what was the first Star Wars you saw on the big screen? Return of the Jedi. In what year? Nineteen eighty three. All right. Next, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, or Kylo? Oh Darth Vader. All right. Padme or Princess Leia? Princess Leia. Light side or dark side? Light side. One or two-bladed lightsaber? No, one. Come on. <laughs> Anakin or Luke? Luke. Han or Chewie? Oh, Han. R2, C-3PO, or BB-8? Oh, R2-D2. Stormtrooper or Boba Fett? Ooh, Boba Fett. Ooh, okay. Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon? Obi-Wan. Finn or Ray? Ray. Poe Dameron or Lando Calrissian? Lando Calrissian. There you go. I don't think I think there's there's no debate on that one. All right, next one. This is this is a little tougher one. Millennium Falcon or Slave 1? Oh, Millennium Falcon any day. All right. X-Wing or Tie Fighter? X-Wing. All right, and your favorite Star Wars film? Ooh, ooh! Can I have two? Um, and it can't be the uh, the the Galaxy Britain built. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to think of that one. It's going to be a um, canon film. The canon <laughs> film. Okay. Um, is the holiday special one? Um, um, they did bring Caravan it into Mandalorian. Ah, did they? I've not seen that yet. Obviously, because we're months behind. Um, uh, I think. Being the era I am, and I love all Star Wars, but I'm going to be boring and say The Empire Strikes Back because I, I just love it. That's not film. boring. That's that's by far my favorite. Yeah, I just I just I, mean, I think I think if and if people said to me if I had to choose one in the modern day, it would be Rogue One. Yes, uh, probably absolutely. because I've become friends with Gareth Edwards and Colin Gowdy. But I I just think for me, just not, just edges it ever so slightly, and I think it's a great film. They're all great films, but I just I just love those two. Favorite Star Wars character. Oh wow, 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 wow! That's really difficult. They all evoke such emotion. Uh, going back, um, I'm gonna. Oh, gosh, let's say Han Solo. Okay, and finally, your favorite Star Wars quote. Oh, um, I think for me, and I, I think. This goes back to, to when I was a kid, and I, I love the bit when Luke has just blown up the Death Star in, in A New Hope, and it wasn't called A New Hope then. And, and you hear Obi-Wan Kenobi just say, remember the force of the Ruby always. That, to me, I think out of all the quotes, for me, was it, was, it kind of summed up the, the mantra of Star Wars, and I think it still does to this day. Oh, I really like that Awesome, answer. awesome, awesome. Great answers. Thank you. So... Once again, gentlemen, both of you, Rick, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, look forward to watching this uh, this new documentary coming out. I, I like I said, I, I'm and and the uh, the extended version of the uh, Galaxy Britain built, but also this new one coming out 
the Toy Empire. The Toy Empire. I'm sorry. Yes, it just slipped my mind. Um, where can we where can we see these uh, documentaries? Uh, well, the, the Galaxy Britain built will be on in the UK on BBC Four, and same with Toy Empire. But Toy Empire will get an international screening in the new year on BBC World News. Now, but I'll let you know when that is. Are these are these um, films going to be put out on DVDs? Blu-rays? Uh, not to my knowledge, unless unless a company approaches the BBC and says we'd like to license it, which almost happened last time, and it didn't quite it didn't quite make it over the line. What's your What's the next project for Star Wars with you, David? Oh, I just need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he says that every time. Yeah, I do. Rick knows. Rick knows. Rick Rick still Rick's Rick's still firing at all cylinders, and the sad guy I'm not. And he said, "Well, that is something. Yeah, just give me, just give me a couple of months or so." Um, I, well, obviously, I Rick, Rick it, you've got to have something work in your head too, don't you? He's got loads of stuff, far more than I have. I'm all spent. There's, there's, um, yeah, there's some stuff in the pipeline. Yes, awesome. There awesome. There's, there's, there's um, I think I'd like to work with David uh, again, and I think we've got something that we'd like to do. Um, we have some potential there, don't we? We've yeah, but we've got there are a few things there. It just needs you know kind of a vehicle, um, and then there's there's some stuff that, that that I'm working on on my own, which is um, very well, exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, is it what I think it is, Rick? Yeah, that's that's back on the table from oh, the look of it. I mean, you know, awesome. whether or not they'll yeah, whether or not um, you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll still do it. I don't know, but it's because um, obviously a lot of things have changed and. Um, but, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm more willing to do it than I was, um, before, uh, 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 you know, and I'm kind of, yeah, I'm fired up to do it. So awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, like I said, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. Is there any, um, do you want to let anybody know where to find you, David? Social media. Yeah, you can find me. I've got a bizarre social media hashtag. You can look David Whiteley, you'll find me, but I'm at David underscore inside out. And inside out is that I'm not actually physically inside out. That would be awful. But I'm, yes. um, it's, the, it's the main TV show I do, I do in Britain. So, um, so that's why I am. But you, if you just search my name or the Galaxy Britain built, you can find me. And um, you can find out about, because I mainly tweet about Star Wars. Yeah, you, you guys need to really check out the Galaxy Britain build. Is It is awesome. And with an extended cut... Yeah, yeah. and Toy be... Empire, Toy Empire, the British force behind Star Wars toys. Thanks to Rick, looking forward to that. Coming up with the idea and you pushing him and, and me, me going, yeah, and then go, yes, absolutely. Rick, what about it's, you it's on social idea. media? Rick, how do how do people follow you on social media? Yeah, I don't have a TV program of my own. Um, no, I'm I'm at Rick Matthews on Twitter. I, I have got some, you know, Instagram and whatever, but I don't really use it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm at Rick Matthews on on social media. All right, guys. Well, we really look forward to seeing it, and um, that's all we got for you today. Well, thank you. Thanks, thank you very Thanks much, for joining guys. Us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Real right. pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.